And it takes even more to win multiple games in a row. And then shoot, you win a, uh, everything has to go your way to win a playoff game and then a uh, Super Bowl. I mean, everything has to go your way. Hi, you're now listening to the Bare Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, a rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Hello, welcome into another edition of the Bear Minimum Podcast. Yeah, we know the buy is over. The Bears are back to work, and man, sometimes you go back to work and you have that easy day where you're checking emails, and you're like, oh, let's see what's going on. And then sometimes you go back to work and like, oh, it's a crisis. It's a crisis. I think this this constitutes a crisis because this week joining Clay Harbor and myself, Marshall Harris, we have a special guest to talk about a matchup with the team with the best record in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles at 12 and one. And maybe the bears can shock the world. Clay, you tell me. I mean, Philadelphia is known as an underdog story type of town. I mean, you've heard of Rocky before, right? It would be an upset on the level of Rocky versus Apollo Creed. If the bears were able to beat, the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm going to introduce our guest today, not Marshall, because I wanted to surprise Marshall. Marshall is a Philly and a Chicago guy. I'm a Philly and a Chicago guy. And we think about what guests to get on the show today. Like who's, who's a Philly and Chicago guy that I know. The first person that came to my mind was Trey Burton, tight end for the bears, tight end for the Eagles. And I said, Hey, we get, we got it. We got to talk to Trey. And Marshall, this is a surprise. Marshall didn't know who was coming on before. So, Marshall, you, you know Trey, obviously. Let us let us know. Yes, I've been I've been following for a long time, so I I understand the the dichotomy there when you talk about two teams. Trey, I got to ask you, uh, what's it like on a week like this for you? How, how do you kind of sort out your emotions and what you're feeling? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, it's funny. Down, I grew up down in Florida, and the South really doesn't pay too much attention to the NFL. So, I mean, I, obviously, I watch the games and I follow the teams that I had played for, but. Um, we're all about college football and uh, the bowl season coming up and the play- playoffs and that type of stuff. So uh, I, I just sit back and enjoy it. And I don't have too much, you know, heart um, in it, uh, but we're, I'm all in on college football. So wait, wait, you're all in on college football, but it is the break between like the regular season and bowl season. Bowl games haven't started yet. So they, start they, start, they, start they start today. They start tonight. Oh, they start tonight. Oh, I didn't even oh, know man. that. See? Yeah. Out here educating people. Uh, you see how far removed I am from the South and my Huntsville, Alabama yeah. roots. Uh, who are you rooting for, the, though, in this in this Bears Eagles game? Who, oh, who I'm an got? Eagle. Eagle for Eagle for life, no question about that. Enjoyed my time in Chicago. Enjoyed my time in Indy. Um, I, like I said, hey, we'll apologize to like our I listeners. Said. You know, we still love Trey. <laughs> He's the guy. But hey, he won a Super Bowl. You know what play, Marshall? Here's here's a quiz for you. What what is what play? Well, I mean, I can't say too much without giving it away. But what play was Trey involved in? Are, you, are we talking about like the Philly special? What are we talking about here? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I, 
That's the only thing I can, that I can come up with. Is there something else I'm missing? Trey threw, if I'm not mistaken, I remember watching this, Trey threw the Philly special to my man Nick Foles. That's what I just said. Trey threw Trey, the You understood exactly what I was saying. Yeah, Marshall, you're good, bro. Right? You're good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah, I was like, is there and another Trey, play that I just can't think of? Because, of course, Philly, I'm sorry, it's not Philly special. It's Philly Philly or is it Philly special? What's the actual call? It's, well, the call was Philly Philly. Yeah. There you go. Philly Philly. Philly, Philly, change of Philly special. So, Trey, you were actually the 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 thing that I don't know if a lot of people know. You were a high school quarterback, yeah, right? Was, you, know, hey, you know, that's actually weird. Yeah, that's though, that's weird, though, because it, it's it's Philly special to play, but Nick called it Philly, Philly. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, I guess, yeah, I guess it's that's both what of them. I'm saying. So, people were it's both of them. Thank you. Thank you, Clay. Yeah, of course, I know what play. Yeah, I got recruited at, at a so high school. So, Nick called it. I got home? recruited at a high school um, to play quarterback at Florida. Yeah, so you were so you went to Florida. Was that that was obviously post uh, post Tebow? Yeah, the year after to to play the year quarterback. After Tebow. So did you play? Did you play quarterback in Florida? I didn't. Not necessarily. I ran. I did a lot of wildcat stuff. I probably had like two or three attempts uh, passing, but I ran the ball a lot. Is that your team that you're watching? You're rooting oh, yeah. for? How's the How's the Gators? They this were okay. Year? It wasn't a great year. New new uh, head coach. <laughs> we're not in the playoffs, so it wasn't it wasn't a great year by any means. Are they in a yeah. bowl though? Yeah. Las Vegas, Las Vegas bowl against uh, Oregon State. No, okay, so let's play. Let me just one. interject here. Everybody in the SEC, unless you're terrible, gets to go yeah. to a bowl game. You can win five games and go for to sure. a bowl game. So let's <laughs> like, for instance, my team, Mississippi State, my alma mater, we're going to a bowl game uh, with heavy hearts because uh, we lost. Rest in peace, man. He's a, he's a legend, bro. Damn, yeah, awesome guy. But uh, I will tell you, Trey, my favorite game ever was when Steve Spurrier was coaching the Gators. And they came to Starkville. They were a top 10 team. And they were beating them down so bad. Steve Spurrier just said, I'm going to take the safety. I'm tired of this. And they beat them like, I think it was 47 to 35. It was just like an offensive wow. beat down. And, and then, of course, we got Ron Zook fired. Yeah, I got a lot of fond Mississippi State. Uh, Y'all have the cowbells, right? Y'all ring those bells? bells? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all the cowbells. All the cow. You remember the cowbells? So know, Did you ever go they to, came to, to Starkville? Because, you know, we play once every like four okay. or five years. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't know um, Saturday Night Live, but more cowbell. So, anyways, let's continue with a little bit of uh, of Trey's story, and then we're going to get into some of this this Bears Eagles game. Talk about this big matchup. Can the Bears pull it off? Eagles pull it off. We'll talk about some of Trey's time in in both cities, and we got a little Q and A for him. Uh, which which does he like more in in specific areas, Philly or Chicago? So, Trey, you go to Florida as a quarterback. You move. To Wildcat, were you, did you, were you guys successful in um in Florida? Did you have a, one of my one of my four years? We were we were going to the Sugar Bowl. Um, we lost one game to Georgia, and they ended up going to the national championship. I think against Notre Dame or SEC championship. Lost to Alabama. Alabama won, played Notre Dame. But yeah, we were, we were pretty good. And was that under Urban? No, it was uh, Will Muschamp second year. Urban was there my freshman year, and then left. And then Muschamp came in and got hired as the head coach. Uh, he was um, Mac Brown's like next man in line at Texas. Um, and then, so Mac didn't retire or Mac hadn't left. So, so Will left and became the head coach at Florida. Okay. So in your experience with, uh, with urban, you know, I'm, I'm a Jaguars guy too. This guy gets, I think he gets a little bit unfairly criticized. Obviously we just didn't have success in the NFL, but what was your thoughts? I mean, you only had a brief year with him, but good, good guy, good coach, the, the team respond to him. What was the, what was the vibe of urban Meyer? And yeah, I had a great relationship with him. I mean, he recruited me throughout my high school years. I committed, uh, at the end of my sophomore year of high school, so I mean, we had a pretty good relationship. Um, I have, uh, I love the guy. I'm nothing, 
but respect for him. You know, I probably wouldn't have been at Florida if it wasn't for him and him giving me the opportunity. So there's not much, you know, bad that I can say about him. Um, he's just different. You know, people don't like him because of his personality. I mean, obviously, um, he gets a bad rap for that. But if you are close to him and if you have you know any type of relationship with him, um, you you you're you're good. You know, for the most part. Is he just like a stern guy, like disciplinarian? No, he just, deal? Uh, I, I mean, know. not necessarily. He just likes to play mind games, you know. So, like, I remember my first time uh, on campus, you know, so I'm recruited for three years and talk to the guy, you know, every Friday night after my high school games. I come up, you know, to every game, every home game during the, on Saturdays uh, when I'm in high school. And I get there my first day on campus and we're all in the weight room and we're doing, like, measurables, you know, height, weight, you know, hand size, foot size, that type of stuff. And... He walks in and there was a five-star safety or maybe a four-star safety and a four-star offensive lineman and me standing right next to each other. And I'm like, coach, what's up, man? Good to see you. And like he points at the offensive lineman and says, you're too small. To points to the safety. You're not fast enough. And he points to me and says, you can't throw. I hope you guys weren't recruiting mistakes and turns around and walks away. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> what the heck? What the wow. heck just happened? You know, like, where, where did that come from? This ain't the same dude that I've been talking to and like, but but then once you get like you we have a thing i think in college it was like a stripe you know down the middle of your helmet if you're a rookie and once you get your stripe taken off like for performing and you know not screwing up and being where you're supposed to be and being on time and all you know the small little things once you get your stripe taken off you're cool you know for the most part like you're in a good place but before that like you only you only want to be there like it's it's rough it's a hard time i like that man that's that's uh that's interesting how he does that it's just his way of of trying to motivate people so then you um you had success in college, but then I feel like I don't know the full story, but I'm pretty sure you went yeah. undrafted. And how does that happen? A guy you have so much success, obviously, in NFL and college, and like what were they telling you in that process? Like, how does a guy like you, Florida, you know, big recruit, you can actually run, you know, good tester, all that stuff. Like, how how did you going drafting did you expect to get yeah, drafted? It was weird i mean i had three different three different offensive coordinators in my four years at florida you know so um no one really knew even in college like what position like urban had me and envisioned me as a you know quarterback and then the next guy came in there and tried to yeah. have me as a fullback and the next guy comes in there and tries to have me play wide receiver you know so i didn't necessarily have like a true position yeah. um going in even like at the combine i was they sent me the invitation as a tight end but when i got done with my tight end workout i'm walking off the field to go catch my flight because you know like that's a quick turnaround from finishing your workout to yeah. catching the flight and well uh, one of the scouts runs up and was like hey you're testing with the running backs too right like doing all the drills and stuff with them and i'm like nah like i'm, I'm no yeah way. you know how tired you are after all that bro like no i'm not doing any of that stuff so uh no one really knew what position i was gonna play in the nfl um and then that's when like chip kelly took kind of a chance in the flyer on me um i thought i was gonna get drafted you know and it sucks not being drafted especially seeing guys from you know division two and one double a schools you know who know you know they couldn't play you know to a degree um but yeah. uh yeah it all works out hey man you got to take it easy on those one double a division yeah, two guys because you, you know it's tough. i know these florida guys <laughs> they think they need you know us guys from these small schools not yeah. just giving you a hard time no that's uh that's crazy so so then chip um, signs you as an undrafted free agent, and did you play your whole career with Trip in Philly? Did you, oh, yeah, you had I Doug did, too. Yeah, the last yeah, two years. Too. So you were there with Selleck, yeah, and Ertz yeah, James and Casey. Casey yeah. Your first year, uh, yeah, I was there with those three guys. So you were literally the year after yeah. I left. I you think. had Ted uh, Ted Williams as right. your coach, tight end coach. 
No, it was Justin Pugh. Ted was our Oh, really? Back. So then Ted must have switched over, and then I had Justin Pugh come in and be the assistant tight end coach. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So um, first year, take us through your time with the Eagles. How did Man, it was impressed? a blast. Uh, you don't really know what to expect, obviously. Um, it's There's a lot of pressure because you don't realize, you know, your first year that they you have 90 guys at training camp, and then you're supposed to have, like, 46 or 53, but 46 for the games on Sunday. You're like, damn. Yeah. So I remember I, I'm working out, uh, and I think my year was the last year where they did, like, uh, how did they do it? Where they no, they did multiple cuts. I think I don't know. It, maybe the first year they in, implemented the multiple cut system, where like you know, after the first training camp game, you know, you ten guys go, then second ten guys go, and then you know yeah. later on. So the we play the first preseason game, and we're in the weight room, and next thing you know, you have guys like you know scouts coming and tapping people on the shoulder, like hey, come with me, and I'm like, yo, uh, where did all, where did our guy go? And they're like, oh, they they got they cut him, and I'm like, what? Like it became real, like right then that dude's not going to be there anymore. Um, but it was a blast, you know, like the guys you mentioned, Selleck, uh, Ertz and Casey, like I couldn't have asked or dreamt of a better room to walk into. Um, just unbelievable guys, you know, have so much respect for them. And, um, it was a lot of fun. Just, just so you understand, I covered Brent Selleck. Wow. At Cincinnati? At the University yeah. of Cincinnati. So I, I'm like, I've, I've seen the progression of tight ends in Philadelphia. I, I love that they brought you in because they needed someone yes. to throw a pass. When yes. they got to the Super Bowl, as opposed to I don't know if Clay could have made that pass. I don't know if that if that would have happened in the same manner. Trey, well, what, what I want to know is, uh, when you looked at the getting into the league itself, was there a point where you thought, I don't know if I'm going to make it? Not necessarily the NFL, just because there's 32 teams that you're that you're trying to make. You know, so James Casey, you know, I basically attached myself at the hip to that guy, and he shot, showed me and taught me all the tricks of the trade. And I had another guy named Chris Marigos, who you might know. Uh, Claire might have heard of. He was a special teams guy. Yeah. Um, one of my best friends. Just a, yeah. he's awesome. Attached, uh, attached myself at both of those those guys' hips and just kind of tried to learn some wisdom on you know an incoming guy. And so my mindset always from day one was I don't care what team it is. I'm I'm going to make one team, and uh, that's why those games were so important for these undrafted guys um, preseason games. And so uh, yeah, I never really thought I wasn't going to do it, but I I. I mean, I'm not dumb. Like, shoot, they cut people every week. And, uh, you know, I got to make sure I'm on top of my stuff. So you made the active roster with James Casey, Zach Ertz, and Brent Selleck as an undrafted rookie. I mean, you had to have a a hell of a training Yeah, I had a really good camp. Uh, I think we did two cross-team practices, you know, and I I played well. um, And I I played well in the games. You know, I scored a touchdown or two um, during my time and played well on special teams. So they knew, like, if they put me on practice squad, then someone else would take me. Um, and so, yeah, I started on, yeah. I started on, uh, all the special teams. Um, I was, I was actually, I was a backup behind Najee good. Did you play with Najee in Philly? I didn't but play you, with Najee. You know about, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was backup him. behind yeah, Najee yeah, yeah. The, the first game of the year and he tore his peck on the first kickoff return. And so I slid right in and started, oh, wow. you know, from then on out the rest yeah. of the year on special teams. Showing yeah. you could do it. Yeah. The special teams is huge. That's something the young guys don't, don't know. I, my deal was I would always go separately. People call me a brown noser, but I'm like, yo. I'd always go and talk to the special teams coach. You know, in Philly, I didn't do well at special teams. I'm like, I'm never not going to do that again. And first off, if you're not playing much, you know, if you're a second tight end, third tight end, whatever, there's some some games where you're just not in the yeah. game plan that much, and you got to stay in the game and find a way to produce something. So I just, every special team, if I'm not on this special team, I'm doing something wrong, and that's one of the reasons I was able to just keep sticking around for a while. Um, so take us through this. This Super Bowl run, man, because that was fun to watch as a former Eagle. I remember watching it just 
a brief like Super Bowl run when Carson Wentz goes down. Okay, then we, then we got Nick Foles. I love Nick Foles. One of my good friends is one of the guys I, I just loved hanging out with. I went out to Austin twice to hang out with him in the offseason. Big Nick Foles fan. Um, and then take us through that game when you guys beat the Patriots. I was actually there. I'm in the in the stands. <laughs> you know, you guys were on the field. But uh, yeah, just take us through that whole experience. I mean, that was a that was a special time. Yeah, I mean, the whole season was wild. You know, you had um, Hall of Famers getting hurt and guys jumping in and balling and playing really well. You know, you had yeah. Pro Bowlers, multiple Pro Bowlers getting hurt, and you know the backups and just hopping in and just playing really, really well. Um, I mean, shoot, Carson was going to win. NFL MVP that year. I mean, basically, no doubt, like, for sure, uh, MVP. And Foles comes in and does what he did. So uh, it was just wild, man. You know, there's, there's no other way to explain it. You know, I mean, it takes a lot to win a game, and it takes even more to win multiple games in a row. And then, shoot, you win a – everything has to go your way to win a playoff game and then a Super Bowl. I mean, everything has to go your way. So uh, it was just wild. It was a crazy experience, um, so much fun. You know, the city is spectacular. They were just going bonkers the whole entire time. And uh, there's not, you know, not many better cities to play for than Philadelphia. It's the whole team, as Jason Kelsey yeah. would say. Uh, here's my qu- my question, two part question for you. I, I want to know two things. Uh, number one, how often do you wear your Super Bowl ring? And number two, do you own a dog? Mask? <laughs> These are the two things I need to know. I don't own a dog mask. I don't think maybe my kids might have one, so I, technically I might own one. And then uh, I probably wear it twice a year, once a year, if that. Okay. Well, what will be the occasion? What, what says? Okay, if I do like a out. signing, uh, like a big signing somewhere in Philadelphia, um, I would bring it out. Or you know, if we do any type of reunion that has to do with the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, obviously, I'd probably bring it out for that. But yeah, maybe once a year, maybe less. Man, I'd be wearing that thing all the time, bro. I'd be, you know, I'd be, I'd yeah. be wearing that thing. <laughs> Keep having it on at the bars. <laughs> like, hey, you know what this is? Do you know yeah, what I'm this still is? I'm single, Trace, but I'd probably wear that yeah, thing out be, the uh, bar. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> He'd be like, I need to go back on Bachelor in Paradise with this ring and see. Did if you I wear it on the Bachelor or this? I know. And when I played, uh, when I played New England, um, so I was only there for six games. Got released. Got picked up by uh, Detroit. But most teams will give you a ring. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You didn't get roster. one. The, the Patriots Bro, didn't no give way. me a ring. My agent, like, yo, like, hey, like, we're, uh, you know, do you need plays like sizes for the rings and stuff? And literally, like, hit him up, and he's like, he's like, hey, man, I got some bad news. Like, I'm like, I didn't even realize. Like, he's like, I've never, never seen a team do this. But bro, man, no, way. bro, we had guys that were on training camp that got hurt. Yeah. They didn't even play in the, on the regular season. Like, weren't even on the roster. That were there at the ring ceremony. See, the the difference, Trey, is in New England, yeah, they win rings expected. all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, but in Philly. Yeah. No, no one ever yeah. won a Super Bowl ring. So, like, it I was, was active for six games. That's crazy. You know, couple catches. That's crazy. Tackles, you know, you know, hey, we're going to have to release you. It's when Tom came back. And then they had, like, you know, when they have injuries, you only have so many guys in the active roster. Like, we're going to try to get yeah. you back next week. But, you know, you might get them. Like, I'm not going to wait around. But the fact that you I played, bro, that makes that, that's unbelievable. That makes it even crazier than me. I know. That's that's what I thought. And, um, so I didn't get a ring, but it's good because I would definitely be, you know, I'd be walking around, you, you know. He would there. be that dude, Trey. Oh, no he question. would be yeah. that dude That's if he funny, had a Super That's awesome. I'd probably be married by now, though, from showing it off, man. Give me a little extra attention. You know, I've been trying, man. It's just me and Mark always have a segment of uh, of my single life. We call it our halftime segment, and I talk about uh, how bad it is to be a single 35 you're old out in like you know the what? city. You know what, Clay? Since we have Trey here, I'm going to ask him this. What advice would you give a young single man in today's d- 
dating waters, trying to get to where Ugh. you are, living. Man, I would, I would get out of New York. So, aren't you married to like your high school no, we got married sweetheart in, we got, um, or something? We, got, we met in college, my first year, freshman year in college. No, I would get out of New York. I'd get out, out of New York water. like that. Get out, run, run far away. Yeah. Why? What's that? What's New York? Just the city? Uh, the city no, vibes? I mean, I, I guess I've never, I mean, done the city vibe dating scene like that. I mean, because I was married at the time, but I would, I would imagine it's a yeah. lot harder than it is the not city vibe, personally. And I could be, and I, I could be wrong. Right, I could man. be way wrong. No, honestly. No, no, you're right. you're right. Clay will agree. You're right. You're right. You're honestly right. I, you know, I, I probably need to get out of the, I get out of the city, and um, you know, hopefully soon. But Chicago's home. Either way, it's New York or Chicago. So then, moving forward, though, let's uh, continue Trey. So we're not keeping him here. We've already had him for 20 minutes, getting past his time here. We still got to talk to him about this big game coming up. But moving on to uh, to Chicago. So how did free agency come about? The Bears, what made you decide to uh, to go to Chicago? Yeah, there was a lot of reasons um, why Chicago. I probably had four, three or four teams that were very similar from a financial standpoint. And um, I love Nagy. I love the system because uh, I had just came from that in Philly, you know, under Doug. And so uh, I literally didn't have to learn new plays. It was the same exact place the for the most part. I would say like 70% of the verbiage was exactly the same. Doug, Nagy, Andy Reid, like all these guys use the yeah, exact same. Yeah. Point. So I mean, I mean, that was obviously a huge plus. Way less study time. Oh, yeah. Just already being able to hop into a system and know what's going on. Um, and I, I uh at the time, like Mitch was the highest young quarterback um in the game or the highest young quarterback in the game. And so and in and in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Um so there's a bunch of things I was really interested in. And uh that's why, you know, ultimately I chose Chicago. Trey got the bag too, Marshall. Trey got the bag, man. Not you know, we're not gonna throw, but Trey got Trey got paid. <laughs> Trey got sure anybody who wants to know can go on Spo Track yeah, or yeah, you yeah. know, pro football reference and see exactly how big good. the bag was. Look, get it while you can get it, man. NFL, we all know it stands no, for no not question. for long, right? You guys both superseded the what two point whatever years that, that the average playing time yeah, is sure. in the NFL. Yeah, it's tough, man. And then um so Chicago, I, I I'm not really as well versed on um your time in Chicago as, as I was in Philly because you're kind of right after me in Philly. And I loved, well, I'll say this, I loved watching Trey on tape. I always watch, like, you watch guys on tape. And Trey was one of those guys on tape, watch tape. Like, man, I like this guy. This guy can run. He's running good routes. And you don't see a lot of tight ends are actually running yeah. routes, you know? Appreciate that. I was like a guy, like, dude, like, run some routes. And Trey always wasn't, like, one of those guys that didn't want to, you know, block somebody. Like, he's going to, you know, we're a little yeah. undersized, but, you know, you're throw, still going to throw yourself in there. Just throw yourself in there. That's all you got to do. Yeah, throw yourself in there, man. You're not going to move For somebody sure. out the way, but, like, you got to give that effort. So I always um, always love that, when I, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with Trey in, in Philly. So in Chicago, I'm not familiar, but you, you started having a couple injuries. You like how did the how did your time in Chicago go? The first cup, the first year, and the second in moving on. Uh, first year was great. We went to the playoffs. Um, I think yeah, we, that was our last. We won the North, right? Um, that year we had a good year. Um, that, yeah, it was our first year. All, everybody's first year for the most part. We had Allen Robinson came in, uh, Taylor Gabriel. Um, we were all basically the same, you know, uh, free yeah. agent class. And so that went really well. Um, and then at the end of my first, at the end of the first year, I got hurt, um, hip surgery. Well, I had core surgery first, and then that didn't, yeah, it's that didn't work out. And then I had hip surgery. Doctor Meyer, yeah. and, and then Philly. I had hip surgery. Yeah, it sucked, bro. But so what they're trying to what they tell you now, and what, what they didn't tell me, but what I found out now is they do the core surgery um, before they do the hip surgery because it's a way shorter um, recovery time. And so, like, if you've had three cores, I would bet my life on it that it's your hip that's the problem. 
and but but the hip is oh, yeah. nine months recovery and the core is you know eight to 12 weeks depending on what the deal is and so they're gonna keep giving you these core surgeries core, core surgery and then you're like man i'm not feeling any better this ain't it and i had to go by myself to go find out other uh answers about what was going on and so that's why i kind of get a bad rap in chicago was because like i kind of got screwed and i got they tried to take the easy way out and the easy way didn't work and i tried to play a couple games and the games didn't work and then i had to go end up getting hip surgery and then i was fired because i wanted to do my own thing so that's kind of how it went it's a shady business, Marshall. Honestly, man, like I, I didn't know any of that. And a guy like me, like, yo, like I literally had three hip, three sports hernia surgeries. And then I had an yeah. adductor surgery, bilateral adductor and three sports hernias. And then it, my hips, you know, and I still have to like people like, why do you go to the gym so much? Well, bro, I mean, so, I go I go to Dr. Meyer. And I like Dr. Meyer. Like him and I have a great relationship. And he's like, bro, I don't know yeah. if it's your I, I can't tell. Like it's either your core or your hip. But this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do your do your uh, your core. So I, I wake up after surgery, and he's like, "I did bilateral abdomen, bilateral adductor, bilateral pelvic floor." I'm like, "What? Like I just thought it was my ab- abdomen." Like he just reconstructed the whole thing, your whole, whole entire thing. And that and that was never. Wow. And he said wow. it was bad enough that I had to do that, but I'm still not sure that your your uh, your abdomen, your core. I think it could be your head. So I just want to make sure I, I got this straight for all the people who are listening. If you had just gotten the hip surgery right off, you probably could have. Oh yeah, I probably still be playing today. Good chance, but then that's not how it works, you know. So uh, I had to go through all that, and I, you know, I, I, I go to rehab, and they're like, oh, it's you know, eight, six to eight weeks, and training camp's right around the corner, so I'm trying to you know get ready to play, and I'm like, dude, I still have the same, same exact problem, same exact pain I had before. Like you told me everything's gonna be good, and I play, I think I play like six weeks or eight weeks or whatever, and. At that time, I'm done, bro. I'm doing some of the craziest stuff in the world just to try to be out there to play. And it just wasn't worth it. You know, it was killing me. The Dude, they're pulling stuff. stuff out of my groin with measles and just putting stuff in and just nasty, bro. Like, horrible. And so I ended up having to go seek doctors on my own. And that's what, obviously, they didn't like that. And, it pissed. and you thought, yeah. yeah, and you had yeah. the, the hip. So what happened after the hip? Did you, uh, <laughs> did you, did you try to go for another team? This, the, the, the hip was kind of uh, No, I played one more year. I played in Indy. Um, that was Phillip Rivers last year um, in the league. And did, did you feel like you were yourself, or was it still difficult with uh, no, the it, issues? No, it was more of uh, – so Frank Reich was the head coach in Indy. Um, I was done. Like, I was, I was good. And uh, I didn't make any money from Indy. Like, I just played for fun for the most part. But I was done, and, yeah. and Frank called yeah. me. I mean, we had, I had multiple conversations with multiple teams, but I didn't really want to play anymore. I was tired of the bull crap. And then Frank called me, and I had obviously a great relationship with Frank, especially he was the offense coordinator for the Eagles when I was there for two years. And he's like, dude, listen, like, oh, wow. come do you. You can come play. You can come do this. You can come do that. Or you can, you know, do nothing. And so they, were like, really took care of me. Like, I, I practiced maybe, like, 30 plays a week, 25 plays a week. Oh, like, that's spectac- love. Dude, they, they took – and their love. training staff was spectacular, man. Everything – everybody in that organization was awesome. And so I'm like, man, there's no, no negative to me doing this. And uh, if Frank wants me to come do this and play this specific role, then – Cool. And I walked in with Jack Doyle, freaking let like selling Jack Doyle or like the top of the top of the top people um, in the NFL. Jack Doyle, freaking good dude. Great, uh, dude. I was like awesome guy, man. And then like, too. so Nick Sirianni, who's now the head coach in Philly, was offensive coordinator in Indy. As long, yeah, as long no as way. well with Jason Michaels, who's one of my favorite coaches in the world, the tight end coach in Indy and in Philly. So it's cool like to see them kind of go back and forth like that. So that, you still have so many Philly ties sure. just from 
not just winning there, but also the guys who are currently there, you have to root for them because of how well they treated you when you were no part question. of the Colts organization. Yeah. I get it now. Like, when you, cause you were very much like uh, all day. Philly all day, all day for life. life. And, and that plus your, we'll say not as great experience sure. in Chicago shapes how you view the two teams and root for, for sure. them every Sunday. And well, the problem is the problem is the, the fans don't know anything about that. Like the fans, they have no clue. So they just see like right. all this yeah. guy, this and that bull crap, like get him out of here. And, He's hurt. Well, He's not playing. Why isn't he well, playing? Now they're gonna know. But now I mean, they're gonna cool. know. They don't like it's not a big deal. I don't yeah, give a damn anyways. Yeah. But um, it's cool. Before we let you go, so give us you know you know who's a, a, a transcendent name in Chicago. That's Matt Nagy. You know you talk about Matt Nagy. People love him. People hate him. Give me your thoughts on Nagy. I had Nagy when he was a quality control guy in Philly, and I, the Nagy I know is probably different than the Nagy you know, but. I love the guy. This guy was, he would literally I'd be like, Nags, let's go throw some, throw some passes before practice. Something. Nags, yo, like, uh, um, before games, you know, come up the field, I need to get some low balls, you know, high by it, a little routine. That's the Matt Nagy. Yeah, Clay, yeah, right away, man. The, literally the secretary that people don't realize that the quality control guys yeah. are like secretaries. The lowest guy in the totem pole. So how was Nagy as a head coach? Was, did you think he was a good coach, bad coach? Do you, I mean, like, is, is he, like, should he be getting this, all this, you know, this hate he gets from Chicago or what's no, your I love Nagy. There? I mean, um, I have nothing but love for the guy. Um, I would love to hang out and have conversations with him. I haven't talked to him much since I left Chicago, but I think, he, I think he did a good job. I think he was handcuffed. I also think, I mean, shoot, even with like in Sirianni's case, like, man, being a head coach at these two teams, Philly and Chicago for your first time ever, like Eberflus, like when they hired him, I'm like, damn, dude, that's like, that's, that's tough. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. It's really, really hard. It doesn't matter if you're uh, Mike Tomlin, bro. Like, if you get a job in Philly or Chicago, like, that's hard. Um, and so uh, I, I think he did well. I think Nagy did really well. I think he was handcuffed in, in a lot of situations and a lot of areas and a lot of ways. But uh, um, I think we'll get another head coaching job. I, I just want to know if, there's a, if you have a visual for how the Bears could possibly beat the Eagles. Like, how would that happen? I know the only game the Eagles have lost is basically mm-hmm. because of turnovers. And so, for me, I like the fact that the Bears are coming off a bye week. They're rejuvenated. Like, they can, they can score. But I don't know if they can score enough against the Eagles without the Eagles making some self-inflicted errors. I think that's the only way. Is that how you see is, it? Uh, Fields, is he healthy or no? Yeah. Fields, yeah, yeah, I mean, so he's got to run the ball. I'll get him out. Um, he's dangerous, man. When you get him in that play-action stuff, uh, it's really hard for defenses. I mean, because obviously it looks like a run. Uh, and Chicago can run the ball. Uh, they got two really good running backs. So uh, that play action stuff, dude, and let him let him throw that thing and create some runs, you know, that type yeah. of stuff as well. Philly's defense is tough, though, man. They got – I mean, shoot, look who they just brought in. They brought in uh, Joseph, and they brought in Dominican Sue. It never like, stops. Holy crap. They keep going. I'm like, how are these guys even this, available? Man? Like, that's ridiculous, you know. But, uh, I, I mean, they'll have a chance if, if Fields can run. That's for sure. Okay. Two more things before you're gone here, Trey. Are the Eagles – are the Philadelphia Eagles going to win the Super Bowl – for the first time, obviously, since you won the Super Bowl, that Philly special. Are they going to win the Super Bowl this year? Best team in the league, 12-1, and one, best, best offense, top five defense, best offensive line. Do they win? Most sacks in the league? I don't see why not. I mean, I know I, I think San Fran's really good. I think they're better than people realize, better than their record is, especially and look at their situation. They're starting quarterback out, backup quarterback out. Now they're on their third-string guy playing really well, you know. Um, but I, I think Philly, I mean, you can't, I, I wouldn't argue that they're not going to win. I wouldn't bet against them. I can tell you that right now. And I, I love, yeah. um, 
the way Sirianni's been calling the offense and the way he's been getting hurt. I mean, Hurts is a completely new player from he was than he, than he was last year. They had big time players stepping up, you know, AJ Brown and um, uh, Goddard. I mean, they got guys, and like you said, defense is spectacular. So they'll be hard to beat yeah. for sure. Definitely. Okay, so I'm gonna read you a couple of a uh, couple of options here. So Chicago versus okay. Philadelphia. Okay. Chicago versus Philly. Food. Chicago. I think Chicago has the best food scene in America. I I agree. I think Chicago's food's way better. Personally, than I do. And I, like I said, I could be wrong, but I think Chicago's the best in America. Marshall, how do you feel about that? You're looking shocked over there. I'm still exploring Chicago food, but I think Philadelphia is the most underrated. I agree. Food that wasn't the question, America. though. That wasn't the question. Yeah, it no, wasn't. No, no, no. You're, you know, got me. Trace got me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So. I, I, I'm going to give it an incomplete. Like, to me, Philly is better, but I haven't been enough places in Chicago to, to, to fully met it out. Like, I, in Philly, I, I lived yeah. there for 11 years. Yeah. I've been everywhere. Yeah. Like, okay. All right, next one. Not just football, but overall sports. You know, we got the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the Cubs, the White Sox versus Philly. You know, you got the 76ers. You got the Flyers. You got the Eagles. And then you got the uh, the Phillies. Yeah, I was like the team that was in the World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports team. Sports so what's city. the question? Which which city is a better sports? Historically, city? it'd probably be Chicago, but now Philly. Marshall, right, I'm going to say I'm going to say Philly is a better sports city because a couple things work against Chicago because they have the two baseball teams. You don't have mm. everyone rallying behind the team. Whereas in Philly, if you take a pie chart of people who live in Philadelphia and ask what percentage of that pie care about sports, it's, it's a sliver yeah. that's left over. Because if you're not in tune with everything that's going on in Philly sports, you're literally like out of the loop. You can't, you got to go to like, you, you have to know about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and all the players. Whereas, you know, in Chicago, it's like some guys, like, I don't really care about the White Sox because. Okay, but let's, let's talk about championships. Bulls have more championships than Sixers. I mean, Absolutely. the Bears have more championships Absolutely. than the Eagles, right? What about the Cubs? Cubs, Cubs and White Sox, yes. you put them together, they have. Cubs, well, Cubs, Cubs, they have Cubs won, though, right? not so much. Uh, White yeah, Sox. Cubs, they won back yeah, in, uh, uh, yeah. It, it had been a long time. Since, yeah. since that's that's what I'm saying. On. Historically, um, Chicago, but now, like, in and out. No, historically, Chicago, you're absolutely right. Chicago has more stuff. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. They've got more trophies. They've got more yeah. goats. Yeah. Um, Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Hello. Man just got a freaking MVP tra- uh, trophy named after him. But I just think Philadelphia, in terms of how much the people care about their, their teams and rallying behind them, the one thing I'll say about Philly is they don't believe in apathy. Whether they hate the team or they love the team, they'll never not care about what's going on. Whereas other teams, you just kind of like, yeah, they're they're not good this year. I'm not paying attention. Okay, last one. This might get uh, this might get Trey in trouble with one of the one of the cities. But which fans are better, Bears fans or yeah, Eagles it's like fans? A generic question. Uh, which one would I rather spend time with? Which one would I rather? Okay, you know, like okay, play for? Yeah. what are you asking me? That is pretty generic. Uh, which okay, what's what's better to play in the Link? It's or Soldier the Field for sure. They're crazier. They're wild. Chicago, yeah. Chicago is kind of like That's New York. Where, like, they'll they'll right. show up like they'll be there, but they'll be a little late. Not necessarily on time. They do tailgate, yeah. but the tailgating scene is yeah. nothing compared to what Philly's tailgate. And partially, 
Philly's tailgate scene is wild. No, I put I put part of that location. Let's be sure. clear. It, it's it's yeah, built I for agree. a tailgate. Like you can tailgate for I a agree. Sixers game, a Flyers game, whatever. Like Soldier Field, like there's I areas agree. to tailgate, but I it's agree. not as hundred percent. It's not as it's not built for that. The Philly tailgate's incredible. I've been um I've been working with the uh, the Eagles Legends yeah. community tray, and I've been down to like three games where they'll you know they'll throw you some cash and they'll come literally come down and drive around golf. Carts I did that this year the for the first time. And these people are wild. How, How funny much fun is that? You like it's almost like a like a college tailgate, but like so we got to explain to people in Chicago the Philly sports scene. There's the Flyers, the Sixers, and the Eagles. Their stadiums are literally touching each other for the most part. I mean they're all yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah sorry the Phillies yeah I said Flyers. They're all literally in the same part of downtown. The parking lot they share parking lots for the games. So. They share everything. So you just go down there and all the parking lots are full of tailgaters on whatever game, whatever team is playing that game or that night. So, yeah, it's incredible. Well, Trey, you know, we'll let you get out. We went a little long here. Got about 30 minutes here. Uh, me and Marshall will continue with the, the Bears talk and our picks and keys to victory. But, Trey, appreciate you coming on, man. Let us know if you're ever in Chicago or even New York and uh, we'll, we'll have to link up. And uh, You got it, bro. Much fun. love, man. Appreciate you guys. Big thanks to Trey Burton. Uh, he was amazing. Thanks for getting him on, Clay. I appreciate the surprise. Uh, who knew you knew what to give me here in the holiday season? But, uh, Trey Burton was was excellent uh, talking about his time with the Eagles and the Bears. And we still have that actual game to talk about, Clay. And I yeah. want to get straight right into it because we talked about it a little bit in the podcast uh, earlier this week. But they're coming off the bye. They're rejuvenated. What are the three keys to the Bears pulling off what would be, by all accounts, a monumental <clears throat> upset you want to go back and forth or you want to do all your keys in a row let's go back and forth i'll start though um you got to outrush the eagles the philadelphia eagles are the second best rushing team in the nfl the bears are the first best the eagles have jalen hurts and miles sanders who's already over a thousand yards this season miles sanders is a is a bona fide explosive star you got to be able to handle him the bears are giving up the sixth most yards per carry in the NFL at 4.7. You got to do a better job of, of stopping the run. And then the flip side of that, you got to be able to run the ball. The bears have the best rushing offense in the league, and you got to be able to keep that going. Got to be able to get Justin Fields going on some quarterback runs. Got to be able to get David Montgomery going on some, on some runs. This comes down to this offensive line, some big matchups up there. Braxton Jones, Hassan Reddick. Son Rex would get a big pass rusher, but I think I give Braxton Jones the edge in the run game. Then wow. you got, yeah, then you got Cody Whitehair, um, Sam Mustafer, Jordan Davis is back. That's a big, that's a big dude. Okay, we got, you know, obviously it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough one for Tevin Jenkins, Fletcher Cox. That's a tough matchup. I can't guarantee that we're going to win that, even though, I, you know, I love Tevin Jenkins. The one that scares me is Brandon Graham. Josh Sweat versus Larry Borum or Riley Reef. I think Riley Reef is actually playing this week. So you got to win the run game. These big uglies up front, these offensive line, they're going to have to get some movement against this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line front and then be able to get to the second level. TJ Edwards is graded as Pro Football Focus's fourth best linebacker in the league at middle linebacker. You got to be able to get bodies on Edwards. He is a savvy vet. He's always around the ball and he makes plays. To me, the first key to the Bears winning. Pulling off this upset, Balboa versus Creed, Philly is running the football. Control the field, run the football, stop the run. 
Okay, I, I agree with you, but my point is going to be a little bit more uh, specific uh, in terms of comparisons. Listen, we got two quarterbacks wearing the number one jersey in this. Have you ever? Are you familiar with the movie uh, starring Al Pacino? It's called Any Given Sunday. Are you familiar with this? Any Given this? Sunday. So, so whichever quarterback, you know, does the Superman thing and says, "I am Willie Beeman this week." That team is, is, is going to have the advantage of winning this football game. And that could either be Justin Fields or it could be Jalen Hurts. You mentioned a 1,000-yard rusher in Miles Sanders. You know, he's got 905 yards rushing. That would be one Justin Fields. He might get to 1,000 yards this game if he can rush for 95 yards on this Bears defense. Or, yeah. excuse me, Eagles defense. So, I, I like whoever gets – that. that's the key to the game. He's got to outplay Jalen Hurts. And um, – I think it's possible. I really do. I think it's possible. I think we can deal with that. I think it's possible. He can do it. All right. Number two for me is you're not going to stop him, but you got to contain A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Okay? Obviously, the Bears secondary is depleted. Kyler Gordon's coming back. Jaquan Brisker's coming back from their uh, concussion, so they're healthy. They had a bye week. They had a week to rest. They should be healthy. They should be ready to go. But Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor are giving up a rating against, according to Pro Football Focus, of 110 and 99.8. Those, that's a high rating. A.J. Brown leads the league with passer rating when targeted at 133.2. Is that good? Is that good? That's very good. Devontae Smith is fifth in the league when targeted, passer rating for 115.5. You can't let them be this efficient. You've got to be disruptive. I don't know how you're going to do that because it's tough. I mean, Brisker is going to have his hands full down the middle of the field because Dallas Goddard's back this week. So these these cornerbacks, if they're going to pull this upset, this is the key. They're going to have to be disruptive. They're going to have to press, and they're going to have to guard these guys for a long time because you know as well as I do, our pressure's not getting there. Do not let them be that efficient. That's the second key. Be disruptive in this passing game. All right, my second key is very straightforward. Win the turnover battle. That's how you beat the Eagles. That's the only shot that the Bears have. If, if the Eagles win the turnover battle, the game is over. The only game most they've lost is turnovers in the NFL. The Eagles have the most turnovers in the NFL. They do. So, you, so I would say they're due to lose the turnover battle. <laughs> That's the only way Bears fans can look at it. Listen, the commanders beat them because they destroyed them in the turnover battle. That's why they won the game. Yeah. The Eagles need to be – or excuse me, the Bears need to be at least po- plus two in the turnover battle against the Eagles. Okay. My, la- my third and final um, key here is, I know it's this is a long shot, but you got to get some pressure on Jalen Hurts. Okay, all this stuff I'm talking about, you, you got to get some pressure on him. The Bears are the worst team in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting Pro Football Focus a lot here, but they are only, they are only getting pressure on the quarterback at 20% of his dropbacks. That is unacceptable. No quarter, Every quarterback will be successful in the league if you give him that much time for only pressuring him at 20% of his dropbacks. And guess who's the least sacked team in the NFL? The Philadelphia Eagles. Lane Johnson hasn't given up a pressure in four weeks. The Eagles have the most sacks in the league. Get pressure, protect fields, and then you give yourself a shot. Okay. Okay, I, I like that. I like that one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one deeper. Yo, key to the game, Matt Eberflus. 
motivate mm. these dudes to play their best game of the season. Yeah. Period. That's yeah, I think it comes down to the coaching staff, not just in preparation, but also in motivation. The two go hand in hand, but all week this week, you've had a week to let your bodies res- rest, rejuvenate. Now it's time to put it to work and say, hey, this is our Super Bowl. You know, you're going up against a team that could be the Super Bowl champions this year. You've already beaten one of those teams. They looked a little different back uh, when they played the San Francisco 49ers. This could be their biggest win of the season, though. They just have to do a better job of making it happen. They're not going to hold down the Eagles. The Eagles are going to score points. Your chance of winning is winning a shootout, much the way you almost got it done against the Miami Dolphins. So here's my thing. My score prediction for this game, why not? They've lost six in a row. They've lost nine of ten. They're due for some good news. Bears, 31-30 over the Eagles. Oh, wow. Man, that hammered the over, according to Marshall. So next, so next, we need to we need to give you, we need to we need to hear what are your key matchups here? There's so many matchups. Honestly, this game has a lot of intriguing matchups. A ton of intriguing matchups for me. Give it to us, Clay. Well, first and foremost, my favorite matchup so far, you know, I'm a tight end, is I want to see how Jaquan Brisker goes against, plays against Dallas Goddard. In my opinion, Dallas Goddard's the top three tight end in this, in this league. We all love Jaquan Brisker. We think he can be a great safety. If you're going to be a great safety, you've got to be able to, to guard a tight end. And he's, he has a good one this week. Dallas Goddard runs route. He's big. He can block. So how can Jaquan Brisker shut down Dallas Goddard? Goddard's coming back from injury. Can he play with this guy? This guy is a Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber tight end. Can Jaquan Brisker play with Dallas Goddard? That's one of the main things I'm looking forward to seeing this week, how he does against such a high-level player, and I think that will tell a lot about Jaquan Brisker's future. What, well, I agree with that. I mean, Jaquan Brisker is still growing. Dallas Goddard is, a, is grown, and he's, he's already in that role. He has ascended to a top-level tight end. So that's going to be interesting to see with, with all these young players. There's just so many young players on the Bears trying to prove themselves right now that it's going to be, hey, I'm at a disadvantage, but show me what you got. Make something happen. Is that, that's kind of where the, where the Bears are. What else you got for matchups? I want to see, I want to see Braxton Jones against Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick has 10 sacks this year. Braxton Jones has come on of late, and he's done a good job. Obviously, he's better than the run game. He's done a good job in the past game, too. He was just recently voted the 11th best rookie prospect by CBS Sports. Okay? So, how does... Braxton Jones do against a stud Hassan Reddick pass rusher. Can he stop him? If if he has a good game against Hassan Reddick, I'm ready to bring him back. He's my starting left tackle, Braxton Jones, no question asked. This is a huge game for Braxton Jones. I want to see how he does against Hassan Reddick. I think he's given up like five pressures in his last four games or something like that. It's it's gone down demonstrably since the beginning of the season where he was looking real porous over there on the line. So yeah. This is a big test for Braxton Jones. It's, you could say that for almost everybody on this team because of on the, the line, level of especially that they're going up against. Yeah, yeah, and then um, the rest of this offensive line, it's all they have a ton of great matchups up here. How does Tevin Jenkins do? How how does Sam Musfer do against Jordan Davis? How does Cody Whitehair do against Fletcher Cox, Larry Borum? Riley Reef against Brandon Graham, who just had three sacks last week. Those are all key matchups. But the final matchup I want to see is if he plays, how is Chase Claypool going to do against Darius Slay and James Bradbury? These are two of the best cornerbacks in the league, and they give up 
they they give up the least um they have the worst passer rating when targeted in the league as a group Jerry Slay is the has the least overall and James Bradbury has the fifth least um pass rating when targeted so these guys people do not catch balls on them they are very disruptive some of that has to do with their with they're being rushed by this defensive line but these cornerbacks are great can Chase Claypool be a guy that can beat top-level cornerbacks? I need to know that. Can Chase, Chase Claypool beat top-level quarterback cornerbacks? If he plays this week, he's playing against two of the best in the league. So this is going to show me if Justin Fields is going to have a playmaker or not. Can Chase Claypool beat Bradbury and Slay when he has to go against them? Be I mean, it's a simple enough question. Uh, it's one of those things you got to see a play out, especially with Chase Claypool. He's shown flashes of late, and he's got another week couple of weeks, I guess, with the bye to kind of get more familiar with everything that's going on. You just hope that there's a connection there and that they, they can make it work because that's that's why you made the, the trade in season. Got to see it from Chase Claypool. And I know people are going to be like, well, they're going up against an elite secondary. Guess what? It's the NFL. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So yeah. there's a chance right here for Chase Claypool to show his value. Absolutely. And the last thing I want to talk about is you know, some Bears fans are like, okay, what's the point of watching this game? Obviously, we only got four more weeks of football. You know, they think the Bears are going to beat. But here's – the Eagles have a bunch of free agents. They got five guys that I would love to see in the Bears jersey next year. First guy that's going to be a free agent that I'd love to see in the Bears jersey next year, Miles Sanders. Watch this guy. This guy's fun to watch. He's an explosive running back. I think this guy breaks tackles. He's fifth in the league in yards per carry. This guy is good. He's eighth in the league in total rushing yards. Watch Miles Sanders. T.J. Edwards, one of the best middle linebackers in the league. Obviously, we got J- Jack Sanborn. Maybe maybe move Sanborn to weak side and you, you, you bring in T.J. Edwards, a middle linebacker. I think that would make your linebacking core great. Bring in a guy like T.J. Edwards. I love T.J. Edwards. Guess what? They're both from Wisconsin. Guess what? They're both undrafted. Guess what? They both run four eights. These are guys that are just football players. Okay? Third guy. Jerron Hargroves, Hargraves, sorry, the, the three technique. He's got eight sacks at the three technique. Javon Hargraves, three technique, eight sacks. Get Is that better than the Bears' uniform. current defensive line? Way better. Get this guy in the Bears' uniform. Matt Eberflus needs a three technique. Give me Javon Hargraves. Because here's the, here's the deal. Then you won't have to draft Jalen Carter. You can figure something else out. But he's going to, according to Sports Track, he's going to get over $20 million this per uh, per year next year. Then we Bears also have, got money to spend. Bears got, got money, money to spend. spend. James Bradbury, one of the top cornerbacks in the league. He's a free agent next year, unrestricted. Bears could use a cornerback. I'm not sold on cornerbacks right now. Uh, he's worth a look. And... Um, I think that's it. Actually, I think I uh, I, I took one too far. You've exhausted, yeah. you've exhausted your resources on that yeah. one. So, I mean, these are some guys that can play and that will be available. So keep your eye on them. If that's somebody you might want to see the Bears, you know, the Bears go after. So what's your prediction for this game, Clay? My prediction, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I, I think, unfortunately, I think the Eagles are going to win this one. I don't think the Bears can compete. They have such a good defense. It's D-line. He's one of the best in the league. Offensive line is the best in the league from, from the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is, is just played so well. He's MVP right now. Nobody can say that. I don't see how this defense can stop him. I think the Eagles score 40. Uh, prediction is probably 42-24 Eagles. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts has a good game. I think Justin Fields has a good game. But what it comes down to is the bear de- the bear defense can't stop the Eagles. But hey, I think next year we keep we're going to improve on this defense, and then I think it'll be a different story. We're going to get a couple of these players too. So 42-24, that's what Clay's going with. He's got the Eagles. I've got the Bears 31-30 because why not? If they lose the last 10 games of the season, it's going to be it's going to be a bad time. So they got to win one. I'm picking this one. I'm picking this one, 31-30. Uh, we appreciate everybody sticking with us. Uh, Clay Harbor, Trey Burden, myself here on the uh, <laughs> Bear Minimum Podcast. Before we let you go, usually we do halftime, but we went along with a little along with Trey, so we decided to make it overtime this week. Clay, let us know what's going on in your search to find the future Mrs. Harbor. <laughs> so me and a couple buddies, we went out last night just to watch um, just to watch some football. We went out and watched the game, the 49ers game, at just a local bar um, in New York City, and we ended up running into this uh, this holiday party. And there was a couple of cute girls <laughs> in, the, in the holiday party. And, um, you know, we're sitting at the bar. Next thing you know, we're talking to them. And there's guys at this holiday party, too. And a lot of the guys didn't seem too happy that we were there. And their girls from their their, their job were, were talking to us. But that's that's not, you know, a big deal. They were looking, We were just laughing. Like, dude, like, we're just hanging out. Like, relax, dudes. We're not trying to, like, steal your girls here. But I get a number. So I need your opinion on this. I get a number from this girl. Really cute. My buddy's like, dude, that girl's actually really cute. So um, her name was Scarlett and I get her number and I text her like before I leave the bar I'm like Clay from uh from the bar we were at okay and then we leave and I'm like oh man you know she hasn't texted me yet it's only been like 15-20 minutes and she texts me and she says let me read this this text combo to you and give me your thoughts and uh I said Clay she says hello Clay I said hi hi Scarlett I go one out of ten how was the sucker I had a sucker it was uh, it was in the wraps. I don't know why I randomly had. I'm like, hey, do you want this? And she's like, yeah. And she goes, it was a ten until somebody knocked it out of my hand. And I said, I said, man, we got to work on your grip strength. I said, are you guys still out? She goes, she goes, yes, we are. Um. And I, I, she said that right away. And I probably should have went with like, hey, like let's meet up for a drink or something like that to get to know her a little bit better. But I, I, me and the boys went. We got, we got fried chicken late last night. We got carried. We got stuck. We got the itis. We got this. We we went to his place, and so I responded twenty minutes later, after she responded right away, and I said, "Where'd you take the limbo to?" Because they were doing limbo in the bar, like as a joke. And then she doesn't respond for two hours, and just says Doc Holidays. So I'm like, "Where is this text feed?" I'm like, "Okay, she waits two hours." After I waited 20, like, where'd you take the leg? So I'm like, okay, is this girl interested? Is she not? So Marshall, fill me in here. How do I approach this? I'm interested in this girl. Just met her. I mean, we just had a nice banter back and forth. So you were disappointed that after you waited 20 minutes to text her back, she then waited two hours to text you back the same night you met? Yes. When when, When libations were flowing? Yeah. It's not a big deal. Today is a new day. You, you. You text her the day after, like, great meeting you when you want to get up. Like, or if you don't have any open, if you don't have any open dates, you just like small talk it. Come on, Clay. I got faith in you. You got this. All right. So I just text her today and be like, hey, it was great meeting you. Like, we should, you know, we should grab food or a coffee or something. Exactly. 
Exactly. Okay. Don't overanalyze. Don't overthink it. You are out. Who cares how long it took to text somebody back? Today is a new day. That should be your approach. Every time, anytime a conversation back and forth with a girl isn't working out, just remember tomorrow is a new day. And unless you like left her on red and like she asked something very specific, you're good to go. People, people are out. They're not attacked. They shouldn't be glued to their phones. Yeah, you're right. Live in the moment. But I mean, I don't know how many days I got left, man. I'm 30, I'm 36 years old, man. I'm getting up there. I got faith in you, man. I got faith yeah. in you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys listening in. Fill us in what you think uh, about this, about the situation. Do I text her back today? Do I wait? Do I just call it? What should we do? Just suggest something to do. If you want to get to know someone, take the steps to get to know them. Okay. Okay. You're Does that right, make sense? Marshall. You're right, Marshall. For sure. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging with us here on this episode of Bare Minimum. Trey Burton was great. You got our keys to victory. You got our key matchups. And you got our predictions. Now, you know, we'll, we'll do a Tell the Truth Monday, and we'll see how this goes. I'm looking forward to the game, Marshall. This is our two cities, Philly versus Chicago, Chicago versus Philly. And it Let's could go. be an ugly truth to tell if my prediction doesn't work out. Um, oh, I'm holding you to it. I got this receipt. I'm keeping, I'm keeping it with me. It's a win-win situation because if the Eagles win, the Bears – they keep that status as what number three pick, maybe even the number two pick. So it's a win-win situation for yeah, Bears fans. They just want to be entertained. They don't want to see just a blowout. Just Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? We're going to work on that accent, and that's going to be what we do between now and the next episode of the Bear Minimum Podcast. For Clay Harbor, our special guest, Trey Burton, Mr. Philly Philly, uh, Marshall Harris saying we will see you on Monday on the Bear Minimum.